ghetto of Paris, people was thinking, oh my gosh, you're Parisian, and they get excited as soon as you hear your accent, oh my gosh, you're French. But I grew up, grew up in the ghetto of Paris, that people, that people don't see. I didn't see enough representation of me in the media when I was younger, especially in Paris. Like, it's only when I came to London, I you know, watch TV and you watch EastEnders, and you realize <laughs> anybody can be an actor in this country, which is amazing. You just take a leap of faith, and I think, and I would say that that fear is a liar. If you listen to that, to fear, it will stop you from following your dreams and doing anything that you want to do. And again, so get comfortable, believe in yourself, obviously plan, just don't dream about it. will help you be where you want to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspire Podcast with myself, Kurum Kang, where we bring you the leading content across business and entrepreneurship by discussing real lives with real life successes across their industry. Today, we're really excited because we're joined by a lady who founded Three Colors in 2008, which is a branding and creative agency with neuroscience expertise. She also founded Tech London Advocates in 2019, which has brought black females into technology markets. She's also been advisor to major institutions such as BBC, HSBC, said London Business School and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn recognised her as one of the most influential business leaders uh, across all females. Recently, she was invited to the Palais de l'Elysée by the President of France, Mr. Emmanuel Macron, and the President of Ghana, Mr. Nana Akufo-Aldo, to discuss business opportunities across Africa. And our guest today is Miss Flavilla Fongang. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're making me sound so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. Uh, that's, that's why we're very keen to get you on. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, thanks a lot for uh, joining us. Appreciate we gave a bit of a background there. But is there anything you want to add to that just for our guests to know a bit more about you before we uh, really get into the, the yeah, backgrounds? I guess what we can say in terms of my role within Free Colors role, I'm the main brand strategist and I'm also international speaker. So my job is to really help people create brands. And people ask me, what's a brand? It's, is it a business? I say, think about coffee shop, think about Starbucks. Which one do you want to be? Starbucks, yeah. right? Everyone, people choose to buy from. So that's the idea. And, and I think the pleasure of what I love to do is to make an impact for the, you know, the dreams of my clients, which is so much fun. Great. And one thing I really wanted to ask you was uh, one thing which was different about your business. You focus on the neuroscience part. That sounds cool. <laughs> Can yeah. you t- tell our audience a bit about that and how that separates you from other marketing and creative yeah, agencies? Absolutely. I guess I need to give you a bit of background. When I was, um, so I'm French, as you can hear from my accent. And um, when I was at university, I studied, uh, one of my modules was psychology. And we, it's always fascinated me how much, you know, impacts in terms of, you know, understanding how the brain works impacts our decision. And I think most time we believe that we are rational individuals, but we are not. We make decisions based on emotion, how we feel. You know, when you look at someone and say, oh, I think I like this person. It's never about, yes, I've checked their background, I've looked at the CV and so forth, and decided I'm going to engage with that person. So for me, it was important to, you know, to articulate and use neuroscience to help our clients, you know, speak not only with the mind of their customers, but also speak to, you know, the heart, to the heart of their customers. And that's where the neuromarketing came into place. I started doing my own research. I'm very much... I further believe of you need to you need to be a constant learner. Yeah. So I I myself taught myself into neuromarketing, read a lot of books, and to understand what works and you know um, you know went through a number of advertising campaigns, see which one were working and why we're not working, and that's how really the whole idea of positioning ourselves as a neuromarketing agency and branding agency, and understanding this you know the, the psychology behind colors, even or choosing a name or even just a f- typeface, every single details matter in the decision that we make when we choose to engage with a brand or not. And I think it was important for me to choose that angle because I saw so many people doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I have so many examples where clients come, you know, people come to me and say, hey, Favilla, I want to create a healthy brand and use brown as a color. <laughs> That's probably not the best color to choose. Or I want to create a luxury brand, you use orange as a color. You know, things like that are so simple. But again, just the language and everything else. So new marketing, you know, excite people because when I do public speaking, it's very experiential. So I can put to play with me and they can see how much 
of what I ask them to do, or sometimes they can't do it, you know, and then demonstrated how, you know, bigger brands who obviously work with larger agencies have been using that, I wouldn't say manipulating, but to get people to do what they want to do more effectively. That's really cool. And um, uh, before you start that, you obviously touched upon uh, that, you know, you're originally from France, you moved here in 2002. Yes. And one thing we love about this show, we really want to get into the background of entrepreneurs. Mm. Mm. So can you take us back on that journey from when you first moved over to the UK? Um, You know, I read about you that, you know, you tried out several jobs (laughs) as soon as you graduated before, you know, finding your your feet. Um, talk, Talk to us about that move. Yes, when I moved, when I came to London, I didn't speak a word of English. So I've always been that kind of person that if I can't, you know, something that I'm not comfortable with, I, and I say that as part of the mantra of the Black Women Tech Network is that get comfortable getting uncomfortable because the magic happens when you get out of your, you know, of your safety zone, if you can say that. And um, so I came to London in 2002, I didn't speak a word of English, and I was keen to do something different. The idea was to stay only for one year. <laughs> it's been more than one year wow. I've been in this country, and um, um, was, you know, before coming to London, something I was uh, already obsessed with studying before. I used to be a bit of a tomboy, fighting with boys, <laughs> getting in trouble. You wouldn't believe that now when you see me. And um, so I left university and I, and, I, and I did a double degree. I have a BA in economics and law and a BA in marketing communications and an MA in international business. What no one had told me is that <laughs> having degrees is not enough to find a job. And that's why obviously a lot of students nowadays also, also struggle and end up. And that's why I always give a space in my agency to give interns, you know, a place to, you know, to learn. Because I know how it is, how hard it was for me. So I try to put myself in their shoes. And... Um, so I did all sort of jobs, <laughs> from door-to-door sales to um, translation to working at Debenhams and all sorts of brands. And um, and I remember this the job that I finally found at the beginning, but she didn't choose to hire me because I thought that oh she's too qualified, she's never going to stay. And it was I must say what I had to do, I had to choose a different angle. Say so I'm going to start taking a lower role, but what I'm looking for is a company was ambitious. And if you're ambitious there, I'd be able to progress very fast. And that's why I love about London, that you don't have to wait a year. In France, you have to wait two years within the same role before you can even apply for another thing. In Too England, long. it's like, bam, okay, you're good. Let's move to the next role. And I really like that. And um, so the job that I applied for, they, told, they turned me down. And then a month later, they came back to me and said, actually, we want to... And it was me and my ego said, no. Yeah. <laughs> but they insisted on an interview. So imagine going to an interview where you're actually interviewing your next employer which was quite fun. So I negotiated my salary, of course, and I took this role. It was a receptionist slash customer service role, but I still took it. And in the space of two years, I was then managing the department and also implementing a lot of tech tech, tech uh, tools to what I like to call being smart lazy. So if you can use technology to help you do work faster so you can focus on better customer experience, then let the technology do the admin or the redundant stuff and you can do that. And um, so, yes, yeah, so then I ended up working for a conference uh, company in oil and gas for eight years. But for those eight years, obviously, the company grew. So my department, my team grew as well. So becoming and having to manage, you know, bigger teams and also train managers. And, and what was interesting is that I already, sta- I already started the idea of free colors role when I was within the company. Like and a side think, hustle. Exactly. Yeah. Side hustle, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Just to make sure. But I quickly realized that unless I, I had to go full time to really get the chance for this business to take off. Because there's so much you can do on the weekends or after work, but you can't really give yourself 100% in your business unless you know you, you quit the rest and be committed. And I think this is ability to just take a leap of faith. And I think, and I would say that that fear is a liar. If you listen to that, to fear, it will stop you from following your dreams and doing anything that you want to do. And again, so get comfortable, believe in yourself, obviously plan, just don't dream about it will help you be where you want to be. So I def- you know, finally took the leap of faith, quit the job, because yeah, you're never going to do it, so watch me, yeah. <laughs> watch me. And then I said, oh my gosh, you left. Yes, I did. And then the rest was history. And again, as so Free Colors was born first as a consultancy. So the business has evolved itself. It was born as a fashion consultancy. So I was really helping individual their personal brand, you know, clothes and appearance, but also body language and so forth. And then naturally... I was like to tell that story of how the transition happened. It was my ex-boyfriend was a plumber. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and uh, plumber, ex-Af, Nigerian, Af, Scottish. So it was funny when we met him, thinking, who is this guy? 
I didn't yeah. expect this. And he always had a, on his website, he had a boiler. I said, what do you have a boiler on your website? That's not what people buy. They say, well, that's what I do. Well, okay, of course they expect you to do this, but that's not what you're selling. What you're selling is obviously when it comes to your thing about your industry, there's so many crooks out there. If they want to feel that first, that, you know, if they can trust you, but also you understand why they choose to come with you. So the idea of, you know, you come home with a nice hot shower, you know, the experience of, you know, you know it's the heating outside when it's cold outside, yeah. that's why you use as visual, but also given that element that you are, you know, um, you have all this, you know, the, all the, the, I can say, certification and everything that goes with it. And obviously that worked really well. I did this rebrand and I didn't realize it was a job. You know, that's not something that you get. I think that's one thing about university or school. They don't really tell you all the job possibilities out there. You have a standard accountant, engineer. 100%. And it's only until you really get into the, you know, the real life or real work that you realize, oh, there's so many other opportunities that jobs that I've never heard about. So really branding and being a consultant, you know, transforming business to brand was very a bit of a luck um, and I realized that's something that I was really good at and then one thing led to another I was lucky enough to work with a number of big brands but also small brands who had big ideas and um, and then now, now we decided to focus on technology because tech people are brilliant but they're not good at just simplifying their language and it's so much fun working with them because we can really see the power of the scale of their impact and they you know we very careful I'm very careful in terms of who I choose to work with I have to believe in their ideas and they're not trying to destroy the planet. They're doing something great for the, for the humanity. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, and I love how, you know, it's that transition falling yeah. into things which lead to bigger opportunities. And one thing you did mention was, um, you know, ambition was clear. Yeah. Like, where does that ambition and mindset come from? Were you born with it? Was there anything that happened to you which developed that? Mm, I, th- I think is I, I got this from my mom. My mom has always been my biggest inspiration, even if sometimes she doesn't know it. I was <laughs> like, you're my biggest inspiration. Fashion and everything. She loves the shoes. And, she, and I'm like, I got the same addiction of shoes. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I didn't grow up. I grew up in Paris, but in the, in the ghetto of Paris. People always think, oh, my gosh, you're Parisian. And they get excited as soon as you hear your accent. Oh, my gosh, you're French. But I grew, grew up in the ghetto of Paris. So people that people don't see. So grew up with a single mother raising five kids. I'm the third child, the middle child. You know, I had just one pair of shoes per year. So I had to be very careful. When September, you know, school came, it's like, this is your pair of shoes. Yeah. Be very mindful. There's nothing else after that. And I think that's this, this drive to do, to get more and doing it for, you know, getting your mom out of the situation because she made a lot of sacrifices. And she always tell, you know, she always told me that um, your first husband is your education. You know that with that nobody can control you. So if you're strong and you know you know yourself and you don't rely on anybody, then you know you can choose and you'll always be happy. And I think that's I think that's something about life. That's why people put all their happiness into somebody's house, power, and they lose it, and then everything is lost with them. So yes, it's the idea is that I wanted something better for myself, and um, and I think it's also the need for me to find to. I didn't see enough representation of me in the media when I was younger, especially in Paris. It's, like, it's only when I came to London that I, you know, watch TV and you watch EastEnders and you realize <laughs> anybody can be an actor yeah. in this country, which is amazing. But then when you're in Paris, everybody's really white, uh, you know, or aging, you know, think about, you know, think about discrimination. But I love how, you know, you can be any age and be successful in England. And that was beautiful. And then I would say, um, you know, the mirror projection was so important. So... Now it's my turn as well to keep on, you know, uh, bringing that mirror projection for young girls to figure, oh, wow, if she can do it, so can I. And I think I had that coming to London. I didn't have that drive when I was in Paris because of my vision of my future was very much, I'm going to be the assistant of a manager. Never, entrepreneurial was never something that you talked about in, in France. It's not very much in the mindset. That's why the French president struggled a lot, yeah. <laughs> getting people to be a bit more entrepreneurial because people love the idea of just having a job, going back home and coming back tomorrow. And that's it. And just not looking, pursuing a career for themselves. Wow. And you touched upon there, you know, not enough representation of yourself yeah. in the market. And obviously, you know, you're doing work with TLA to support, mm. uh, you know, ethnic diversity, such as yeah. black women into tech markets. Yes. Talk to us about the vision and goal behind that. Yes, good question. So when I first met Russ, I met Russ at a private lunch and he was talking about technology and I was already involved into it, but I've, I haven't officially met him. I said, you should come to this event. He was one of my clients. And he, said, and he was talking about how technology is going to create so much jobs and there's not going to be enough people with a qualification to do the jobs. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. And, um, 
And so I went to a couple of, because TLA is a big group, you know, so you have a lot of subgroups in different sectors uh, or different focus. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm still the only woman, black woman in this room. What the hell? So I went to Rob and said, Rob, we need to do something about it. There's always something. And I'm, I say, I know for sure there's over black women who are in tech. Where are they? And was this sometimes you don't find, you know, you don't find because there's no platform or community you can re- relate to. So I said to him, I want to create a platform. I want to create this group even though we, there was already uh, UK black tech and there was already women in tech, but then none of them focused really much on the black women. So you had you know black guys coming, but not so much, or women coming, coming but not so much black women coming. So that's something I want to change. So the idea of black women in tech is to inspire, educate, and create opportunities. Inspire, so seeing more, having more black speakers at our event, I also get them on, at other events to speak. Uh, educate, because I think there's also the idea behind imposter syndrome, people suffer because... We always say about, like, oh, you know, black women are not um, not being represented, but also it's for all, also as ourselves to, to do something and put ourselves forward. So I really wanted to get this confidence to apply or do more things. And creating opportunities is the idea that you can come in a place, have a different conversation, either about your career, if you're not looking to start your own business, or find a, you know, a co-founder, which is, which is what happens. So people are very open and, and things that would have now happened if I didn't create this group, because you, you will talk to somebody who looks like you and say, this is what I'm doing right now. What do you think I should do with this? And that's what we have is regular. And I'm the only group that do this on a monthly basis, on the second phase of every month. They know it's happening. We have a program. And I think it's probably the marketing person saying, yeah, please plan everything in advance. <laughs> so everything is organized. And we get as well, it's also an opportunity for them to meet other companies because we have different hosts every month. And we're lucky that people are... Bigger companies now are starting to pay attention because they realize that they struggle to bring diversity and inclusion in their space, and they want to meet those women as well to see. Well, we are pro that, and we would love you to think about applying for uh, into our company. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, so it's still very new, but we now have about five hundred subscribers, members. Should I say already? That's really good. Yes. So it's going fast. And just, I guess, it's just the idea of being consistent and being there constantly in people's face. <laughs> and, and that's great to see because I know with you know, my agency, we're constantly helping our clients to get diversity into their businesses, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's females, people from different ethnic backgrounds. And so with yourself on that, how do you go from, you know, taking, you know, getting awareness, getting groups together, 500 subscribers, to actually supporting them either into roles yeah. or you know their own entrepreneurial journeys. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. So when I when I launched, the reason why I launched the event is when I did a search and I was looking for history in terms of black women in space and I couldn't find anything. I found a lot of black women in America, but not enough in the UK. So this is not right. So I started the journey of starting was first to highlight that we are there, so they do exist, and I think that created a lot of momentum. So I always looked at. And this is what I've done as well with businesses that I work with, is that look at your customers as a community because you can gain so much with you know, asking people to support your vision and asking people to embrace what you're trying to do and people will actually help you a lot. So the first thing we did, we focused on um, finding and highlighting this woman on a regular basis. Actually, the, the first month of the launch was every day we would highlight a different black woman and then tell about their story. And she felt very much like, you know, proud of the fact that she was recognized. And that was beautiful, you know. So I know the power of not being seen, you know, in a room. And when somebody actually paid attention, out of them was very surprised. Like, oh, my God, you found me. How did you find me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we did. We found you. That's what we do. You should do my job. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm really, I'm really good at hunting information. <laughs> Just me as well. When I do interviews, I ask, like, a lot of tough questions. So the first step was that. And after that, it was very much um, um, a conversation in terms of, voicing out what we're trying to do and asking people to support the vision to follow us and share as well. So the approach what I like as well with TLA, um, the TLA group, what Russ does and I apply to our, to our group as well is that if you join the group, invite three people to the group. Yeah, it's a bit like a chain effect. Referrals. So exactly, referrals. Oh, it's so powerful and yeah. it costs nothing. So if you bring somebody, and it's something we say, like black women in tech is not just for black women. We actually want people from other gender and ethnicity to come because then you can understand it feels to be a minority in a, in a group, I feels to see things from my point of view. And I think that's one thing that I wanted to uh, get get across, but really much highlighting black women, referral, and also co- consistency and constancy in that communication and using as well the power of social media. 
And I think from that as well, we, it was great as well for the launch of the event, we had uh, the only black woman on a rich list opening our show. And this was powerful because you could see we do exist. And she was telling us how she managed to build this million, multi-million pound businesses by embracing diversity. So when she's spending in India, she would take an Indian team. When she's spending in Africa, she would take an African team. And she understands the power of using different culture to, to really uh, be able to connect with prospects. And that was so good, you know. It's powerful. Powerful. And from that, you know, I guess it's, you know, we, you know, the core of everything is always building, you know, how much value are we trying to, put, you know, to offer, to give out to people. And naturally, people come and be interested in that. So that's what I want to do. Perfect. Mm. And um, I just want to take it back a bit because, as mentioned, you know, we really like to show challenges and risks in yeah. business with Instagram. Uh, you know, I know sometimes people think it, you can be a success overnight yeah. uh, and it's easier than it is because we, you know, it's obviously glorified entrepreneurship and businesses. Mm. Talk to us about the challenges, risks, sleepless nights, yes. uh, which, which you've had, uh, you know, better. your business journeys. <laughs> I think that's the thing, like, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as overnight success. It doesn't exist. I think people, when people say to me, I'm lucky, it's like, no, <laughs> there's no luck into this. There's work and consistency and being, believing in yourself and building your mental strength. That's one thing that you need to have. But yes, you're right, you know, the sleepless night, you end, uh, you know, and as someone, someone said to that to me is that if you think about plan B, you already fell. There's always a plan A, but your plan A is about readapting constantly. So you know what your vision is, but realize that along the way, it's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be full of, you know, of holes, on the road that you need to, you know, pay your pathways about how you go through that, and I think one thing that I wish I knew sooner was also having a, having again. We talk about mentorship; super important. But I think is that as you know, everything starts with the end in mind. When you understand where you want to go, focus on that, and having a plan helps you, you know, go through all the no's that you're gonna get. So for me, if I didn't get any no's, means that if I didn't get anything. Means I no knows means that I didn't try enough. I need to get knows to get to a yes. If, not, if I get you know negative, not negative, but people say I'm not interested, then I know that actually I'm doing something. Actually, people are engaging with me. That's why you look for engagement, and then after that you know that you can start calculating how many knows you need to get to get a yes, and so forth. I think it's, a bit, it's the ability to just understand that. Um, you know, I remember that you know when I started, I had two thousand pounds in my account uh, at some point, and I didn't tell anybody. And I went to my mom, was like, "What did you not tell me? I could have helped you." I was like, "No, because it's my choice. I put myself in this situation, and I, and I take responsibility for this." And I think is when you take ownership for you know the struggle that you get for, it's the ability to just say, "Okay, I messed up with this. What what, what am I supposed to learn with this? Okay, this is working." It's being very fast and proactive and reactive as well in the situation that helps me keep on pushing myself. And again, something another thing that I have <laughs> put up is I'm cheeky. And I would say, and that comes from my mom again, said to me, like, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you want a cookie, I'm not gonna guess you want a cookie. You're gonna have to <laughs> yeah. ask me. And that's what we've done. If you don't ask, you don't get. So we've always had this approach and say, How do you get to work with the biggest brand? I approach them. Maybe if I waited for them to come to me, it would have never happened. I approach them an idea. If I liked it, they say yes. If I didn't, at least I know and I don't I wanna put I'll push them with another idea or another approach and I don't feel like I like them. But is that being cheeky? Um, checking, you know, consistent, having a plan, and I love that. One of my mental have this thing called the money map. Okay. The money map is very clear. So you set your, for example, your monthly target in terms of revenue, and from that you probably know already what kind of money is coming in. So let's say you have five thousand coming in, so we, so you have fifteen thousand more to make, and you divide that money by per month. So it means that you have five k to make per month. But the idea is to write down every day how much money you've made. But keeping it, if it's something like if you don't track something that you cannot measure, you can't track, you cannot improve. Yes. Yeah. And that money map has been so powerful. Obviously, I don't do it as much now in so much details. But if you had to track your revenue, even if you put a zero, keep on doing it because that will keep you on track of what you need to do. <laughs> and one of the another advice that I was given as well is that you have a busy, you have a job, and you have a business. A lot of people sit in the busy, which is procrastinating and everything else. Then the business is a, it's the job is obviously what you get paid to do, which is you know for me developing strategy and so forth. And the business is that all the activities that you need to do to actually generate a, generate a prospect. So think about and I ask people like think about how much time of your activities are spent in the busy, which is everything else that is not helping you generating new clients. How much time is spent on the job? Can you delegate that? 
and how much time you spend on the business. And that's where, if you, especially if you're an entrepreneur, where you should spend most of your time. And that's why a lot of businesses fail because they spend a lot of their time in the, the, the business, uh, the, the, the busy of a, of a, of a job. And they're missing out on anything else. Right. So, yeah, so, so it's a good thing to have you. So I was looking at how much I can spend time in the business to attract new businesses. That's really good advice. And mm. um, again, you know, we see your expertise is creative, branding, marketing. Mm. It's huge now, <clears throat> you know, especially with digital landscapes, uh, you know, social media having that influence. If there's somebody out there today who's just starting up their own media and business yeah. company or, you know, somebody who's you know, a year or two in looking to expand it, mm. in those specific markets, what advice would you have for them or, you know, trends to look out for? Good question. I think first thing I, w- I would advise them is to pick a niche. I think there's a den- people always think that, oh, my gosh, I wanted to serve this, this and this and that. That's the biggest mistake because the smaller you are, the less budget you have. And the more specific you are, the more it gives you power people to choose to come, come to you. So when people are looking for fintech agency, they come to us because we articulated that we have expertise in fintech. That's what people are looking for. Something, think about a GP and a surgeon. Who gets paid the most? Yes? It's a surgeon because it's a specialist where the GP just gives you, you know, vague advice on different things you want to do. Obviously, that's what they do. So pick your niche and be very specific. After that, it's really developing your thought leadership. You know, think about how you can talk about where you believe the market is going and having great conversation like we're doing right now with people really um, providing as much value as possible uh, in terms of that. It's super, super key. But pick an age, don't be, don't be too greedy because the more, you, the more you choose, the more you sweat yourself thin. 100%. Again, same thing. We're powerful. That's great. And, um, you know, again, some of what we spoke about off camera was, you know, the impact of exponential technology, uh, you know, it's going to start having on every industry, particularly branding and media, you know, mm. like AI, uh, VR, etc. What trends do you see over the next decade um, you know that could have an impact again could be worth you know people keeping an eye out for mm, i think definitely ai i think everybody's with ai and machine learning which is completely two, two different things but i think ai would definitely um improve and get better i mean ai is not a new thing you know yeah. it's been existing for years but i think nowadays we talk about it even more so there's definitely a big push for ability for companies to be able to provide experiential unique ex- 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 experience to their clients uh, at scale, and only AI can do that, if, especially if you're a large company. Um, when some of our clients are developing great, you know, AI products that allows them to, you know, the clients have 10,000 employees, 10,000 customers, million customers around the world. So how can you do that, you know, unless you have a magic, a massive customer service? Yeah. You can't do that. I think it's definitely something around AI. Blockchain, again, another thing. Around it, there's definitely a need for... Um, you know, f- a need and a necessity for blockchain in different space, whatever it is in healthcare. I mean, if you think about the NHS itself, the, you know, the more we are um, putting all our data now on, you know, for technology, so we definitely need to feel a bit more protected. And, um, and also now the, the crime is going to be much more cyber and blockchain uh, provide, you know, this, um, this opportunity to be more in control. And I think it's super, super key. So that's definitely the two things that I see. And I guess, again, something when we talk about experience, so augmented reality is another yeah. thing. A lot of gamification, I think I see a lot of that as well. I'm working on projects like that. How can you bring, you know, people, people want to be entertained. Yeah. People want to be entertained. So if you can entertain them before they even make a purchase, then that's, that's a fun way to do things. And I think the idea is what behind gamification to connect community, which is super, super, it's crazy. I was um, just reading a, a book by Peter Diamandis, um, The Future's Faster Than You Think. Mm. And he thinks due to gamification and VR, there's actually going to be a migration from humans who just want to live in a digital world. Yes. And that will happen over 10 years. You know, you see some people play, you know, PlayStations and games. I don't know which what's the popular consoles out mm-hmm. there now but for days on end. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, they believe that once, you know, this is improved, um, you know, by Facebook's VR technology and other businesses, people are just going to migrate and live out there and, yeah. you know, we'll be living in a matrix. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see that. Because yeah. it's true, like, my brother, for example, love his, you know, his games and its ability to just also communi- connect people. I think it's, um, what worries me is I don't want people to feel isolated and raise the, l- the level of mental illness as well behind that. So it has to be done in a certain, w- certain way that is very, you know, can't, not uh, ineffective to humankind. So, for me, that's key that technology has to do good, not to create the opposite effect. Great. And um, 
One point I also want to touch upon, which we spoke about off camera, yeah. um, you, you talked about your new offices, you're moving to you know, central London. Yes. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, the team that you're building and creating, it's going to help you with recruitment. Mm -hmm. Could you talk to the audience a bit about managing, building teams? Yes you know, looking after people yes, um, as well. <laughs> yeah. So when I've been a manager for the last mm, 15 years, my life has to tell you, I've been into management when I started looking after my brother and my sister. <laughs> yeah. This is the first thing first. And the um, first time I managed people, because, you know, I always feel that management about telling people what to do. And I say the difference between a manager and a leader, the manager would tell, you know, gives orders, and the leader actually drives people to follow them. And that's why people as a manager, should aim to be a great leader. And um, my before I started my own business, my manager was a CEO, and he was very moody. And he wasn't really able to kind of uh, get a sense of people's talent. And that's something that I wanted to change around. So the way I've always... Um, I like my manager to be flat in a certain way. So I've, from a point, I say that I want you to be opinionated. So be able to... Value. I think it's a French thing. We love to argue. Like we argue, and then we make up if forgotten. Yes, we. That's why we find it very strange in English people. They avoid arguments. It's like why are we not arguing here right now? Let's uh, let's talk about this right now, and we can move on to the next thing. So I say let's argue. So sometimes we have a different point. Healthy arguments. I have yes. Yeah. Healthy <laughs> arguments. Yeah. No. So yes. Yeah, so agree to disagree, and you know, give constructive feedback, and. Um, so yes, so the idea is that even when you build brand or come strategy, you might not agree on it, but let's talk and you know disagree, agree to disagree and so forth. So first thing first, I wanted to you know my my team to feel that they can say what they want, so also their voice to be valued, even if they're not directly involved in a project. We always I always want them to have their opinion on certain things. That's one thing first, because nothing I think especially when you work with all younger generation generations, you know millennials. You know, they're very quick <laughs> on shifting to one position to another if they don't feel like they, they do matter. So that's one thing first. And I also wanted to provide remote working. So because my office is based in Dulwich, so I have people in Luton, so she can choose to work from home or not. Because obviously we have all the technology in place to do that. And I've always, it's funny, I was talking to another friend of mine, she said she couldn't take a time home work because uh, time to work from home because she didn't have a child. She's like, this is terrible. How can you yeah, discrimin reverse discrimination again and everything like that, which is silly. And um, so, yes, yeah, so my, my, the way I, when it comes to managing people is to allow them to give them the bigger picture, but behind them, allow them to do things the way they want to do it. So I say, like, this is what we need to achieve at the end of, you know, the end of the week or the end of the month. I let you come out of your own way. We have the process and system in place. So we need to make sure that we deliver, you know, a service the same way. I think process system allows you to maintain consistency and quality which is super key. And I think, you know, if you keep all your ideas in your mind, that prevent scaling, yes? And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They, they don't have present system. You need to allow yourself to be, if I'm here, somebody else can take over the job. If I can't do that, then I always rely on me and then I never stop. So present system, allowing, allowing them room to, you know, how to be creative and at the same time, always challenging them. So if they used to do something, I w if they used to do A and B, I would give them a new task. See, oh, you never done that. So that's perfect. Yeah. That's how we're going to do it. And I think that's one thing they love. It, you know, and the beauty of what we do is that it's never the same. Every client is a different journey. You know, we learn so much as well with them, and we apply it to different things, which is amazing. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so they feel constantly uh, challenged. I think one thing they feel empowered. They have some form of structure, so they know where we're going. Obviously, we walk behind it, and the idea that once somebody win, we all win. And it was constantly rewarding and reward them for the success. Great. And um, one thing I want to go back to is it's clear that, you know, you obviously had a very strong mindset mm -hmm. and very tenacious when you're getting into, you know, bigger clients and setting up. Yeah. And it reminds me of something on your Instagram um, where you speak about, um, you know, waking up first thing in the morning and your mindset is to always say thank you uh, and have that yeah. gratitude for everything, um, you know, you, you've got. Can you talk to us about, you know, your routines, yes. building your mindset and, you know, the importance and impact that's had on your, you know, your business and successes? Yeah, definitely. I think is mindset is everything. And uh, we really, I think, again, something working in psychology and doing some new, doing manual marketing really showcase how much of what we, how we perceive or how we think impact on how we become. So my morning routine I usually wake about 5 in the morning or 5.30. The 
even if what time I sleep, I like to wake up early because it gives me, I feel like I'm getting ahead of everybody. <laughs> so that's very powerful. Be in the sun. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> come on. So I, was, I bought this new clock, which is because I used to have my phone as my alarm, but I feel that when you have your phone as your alarm, it distracts you when you start clocking and looking at your emails and you're out of balance. So you're focusing now on everybody else's agenda instead of yours. So I remove the phone, so I just have this beautiful um, uh, light alarm, which is quite good, actually. Funny enough, but like I can set up my own voice. Oh, <laughs> my, cool. my sister thinks it's creepy, but like it's quite good to have my yeah, own voice. It's quite voice scary. <laughs> I don't think I'd want my voice waking you. <laughs> like, wake up, Sandy, wake up. We'll be in one of those VR matrix sets that we spoke about earlier. <laughs> Literally, my mom was like, time to wake up. You can do this. I was like, this is your time to shine. I was like, I said, you are crazy. I was like, I know. <laughs> so I have that. And then when I wake up, something is like, you know, get out of bed, say thank you. So thank you for the time that I have another day on earth. And I'm grateful because we don't, we're so good at seeing what we don't have in, instead of what we have, which is health. Yeah. You know, be able to just to see, be able to have a roof under, over our heads, to have a team, to do what we want. Even as women, some women can't even do what I, I do. So I'm very grateful to have that, to take the time to do that. And that, and that from that point, again, set myself in terms of what do I want to achieve a day, set my goals or daily goals. And I like to read, I like to, um, I would say read or, I would say read or listen. So I love Blinkist. I don't know if you have Blinkist. It's fantastic. It gives you like a summary of books. So you can listen to this audio or podcast. Shortens book length. Yes. So it summarizes them. Exactly. Okay. So then if you want to read the longer version, you can read the longer version. But I like that. So give me a snip, like a very con- you know, um, concentrated version of of the content. So really, lo- very from the start, I'm like, whoa, mindfulness and or podcast, good conversation, and I like to listen. From that point, of, I feel like my, I'm energized. I'm ready to take on the day. And again, something again, something focusing on the busy, the business, and the job. How much time I'm spending on I'm spending on the business? How much time I'm spending on the job? It depends on the days and so forth. And then from that point, when you know the phone start ringing or emails start coming, that's only when I actually have my emails on but first thing for mindfulness was in meditation something like a lot of people stress especially <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, what's going on right now it's a lot of people stress so meditation is so much powerful and um, the meditation that I follow um, is great because you know you have a sort of meditation I think if you have to find the one that works best for you try a lot of them and the one I like is very much in terms of something you visualize a great moment in your life then you visualize you know things that you're grateful for and you visualize the future that you want Something else, if I said to you now, think about a red car. You think by the time you go out, you're gonna the only thing you're gonna see is red car. Yeah. So we're getting something like what you focus your mind into, that's what you get. And a so law of attraction. Absolutely. It's so powerful. If you focus on bills, that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. You focus on like I'm gonna get new clients, it's a money day. Sometimes it makes it like it's a money day today. Yeah. It's gonna be a great day. And that's how it becomes, you know. And then so sometimes I, I used to be you know surprised, like, oh my gosh, it's actually happens like actually. It makes sense to happen because I've thought about this. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. So you know, some again, something is like you want something. Don't only go for it, but obviously focus your mind and act around it. And again, it's so important to stay focused. And your mind is your biggest asset. So if you see yourself again, something fears a liar. If you let fear speaking, you know, affect what you want to do, you will never achieve what you want. I, I love that, and you know, I know you know visualizing meditation yes. and having that routine from early, you know, definitely impacts myself and. You see these constant things with successful people, um, and you know, with, with yourself. Where did you learn that from? You know, that routine. What 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 gave it to you? Mm, good question. And that's the thing we talked about. I was, you know, I did the book that I'm writing. Yeah. And actually, again, something DNA. The people in Cameroon by nature are entrepreneurial. We all have we're side hustle hustler, if you can say <laughs> that. We always do something on the side. So my mom has been, you know, she was really good at just buying something and be selling for three times the price because so you know when the price goes down to size she buys it and then she will sell it online so i was born in that so naturally but probably i didn't see it as, as a business it was just a way of doing things you know you have your, your money and then you do things on the side and again something my father um that was not present in my life but i reconnected with had probably about four or five different businesses that he started. He was a jeweler, a jeweler. he was a tailor, he was he, he was a singer, he was a, he's now a herbalist, he had his own magazine. I think by nature, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've followed that, it's probably in my DNA. And uh, again, something my, you know, two of my sisters are also entrepreneurs, so they run their own business. So I think it's, you know, something if you're born in some kind of environment, you become one by nature. And I think as well by the, I think for me, I don't mind being managed by somebody, someone, but it has to be great. 
And I think being I was frustrated by being managed by somebody who just didn't have his leadership skills. And actually, I thought that the only solution for me was to do my own things. And I think that's what happened for a lot of entrepreneurs. Just tired of not getting the way they want to be, or not having a great people who understand where they want to achieve, so they're doing for themselves. Yeah. Or people, or sometimes entrepreneurs are also people who just see problems, and and the solutions become their you know their business. And I think people say to me like, how do we start a business? How do you how do I get an idea? So look into problems. Yeah, was, you know, that's how you start a business. If you think about the taxi, that's how Uber was born. You don't know how much it's going to cost you. You don't know what time yeah. it's going to arrive. And there's always a frustration of waiting outside. So now you just sit at home. You know exactly what it's going to cost you. And then, boom, pleasure. Again, something technology is about convenience. Yeah. You know? Great. And um, again, just going from, you know, following you on Instagram, you can see, mm. you know, you make sure you mix business with pleasure yes. as well. Um, you know, uh, when, when you first start a company, you know, I know it is, work, work, work. Yeah. But talk to us about the importance of having that downtime, yeah. um, you know, relaxing, uh, yes. you know, and then getting back onto the yes. hard work. I used, to feel ve- I used to feel very guilty of taking my weekends off. Likewise. Because like, yeah. as an entrepreneur, there's always something to do. You're like, oh, I need to do something. I feel like, and I said, no. Can you realize that if you don't, yourself, you are as a, as a human, as a battery. If you don't recharge your battery and get your mind off work, it's like, you know, that's why people employ me because they're so in the business that they can't see everything else around it. And I look at them as like, okay, now you can see what is wrong with your business. So something for me, I need to get off work to be able to feed as well my creativity. So again, being around friends, having conversation, and sometimes, you know, you know having just a day where we I just have lunches and networking even or meetings, you learn so much of just not being focusing on anything else. So... I don't feel guilty anymore, and I think it's important and, and really encourage everybody who's an entrepreneur to do it. And you, f- you know, the first few weeks of, it will be hard to be like, oh, I should do something, I should check my emails. I don't actually choose not to respond or just be off for that purpose that I need to recharge my battery and come back to it stronger and actually uh, fresh and I'm good. And yeah, and I can see things f- you know, from step back a bit more and then say, okay, well, this is actually didn't work or this is what we can improve. But it's so important. I guess, you know, we, I didn't want to wake up and realize that the only thing I've done in my life is work, and I've yeah. lost all sort of family and relationship and friendship, and I did all of that for nothing. I have that money. I have nothing else with it. And trust me, I see that a lot because uh, I have, you know, again, mentors who are millionaires, billionaires, and they have nothing, yeah. which is sad. And obviously, they're waking up now in their fifties, you know, seventies, and trying to do something about it. But I don't. I, I never want to be that person who is, you know, who has lost everything else, and not forget the reason why you do it. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Do, do you think taking that time off, um, you know, relaxing for, you know, I don't know, a few hours a, a week or a month ever impacts your business? And if so, is it positive effect or negative effect? Definitely positive. Definitely positive effect and impact. Definitely. Because without doing that, you come back cranky even next on Monday. You become, you, you know, everything that your, your employees will tell you, you become so frustrated. You, you start making mistakes. You don't pay attention, and that's the little things like that that we don't see. And the clients say, you know, you slack, and you, you know, you you make some mistakes, so you don't respect your deadlines and stuff like that. And I think it's also something like don't as a as a as an as me having my own clients. It's good to kind of set up as well the boundaries. So you know, say, okay, great, we're going to do that. Expect and uh, feedback from that point, so we don't have to hustle you for information. And I think sometimes is as employee as as client with our clients, we forget to also stay in control of relationship so my wife can say like okay so we're going to work for that expect to respond by that time yeah. so they're not has, you know behind you like when are we expecting this and then you put yourself under pressure and you can and you pressure as well or your entire team but it definitely had you know good impact to just do that for my own self-care yeah and also for the self-care of my business and be happy because if i'm in a bad mood then i ask everybody else in the business and I don't agree that. So they know me for being like, oh my God, you're so extra in the morning, on Monday morning. It's like, I'm always extra. Because <laughs> you've been up for about five hours absolutely. by the time everyone yes, else is there. Absolutely, because usually the yeah. Monday I have like to have a couple of uh, report calls with my clients. So this is what it is. Like, I've never seen, seen somebody so excited on Monday. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that Sunday I would not be excited. I'd just be. It's cool like uh, Gary V says, um, you know, if you're not excited for Mondays, then mm. you need to look at what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got to be excited for every day. Absolutely. I get really much like, oh, damn it, it's already Friday. <laughs> That's really much what I have at the end. We're like, oh, it's already Friday. That's our thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to tie in with that as well, um, you know, the healthy side of mindset, 
And I went and spoke to your PA Sophie about yeah. what food and lunch you'd, you'd like today. She said, just make sure it's healthy. healthy. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're very conscious about how, yeah. talk to us about, you know, the importance that's had for you, your results um, as well. Mm, food is medicine. It's, everything is in food, you know. And, you, and I think if you pay attention, and I think I love about social media is that you can learn a lot of information and follow the right account. I can give you a lot of advice. If you look at the size of a, you know, the shape of a nut, it's the shape of, shape of a brain. You know, so if you eat nuts, it's good for your brain. You know, it's a different thing about that I can teach you about what you can do to stay healthy. If you think about, you know, keep your immune system strong, immune system strong, and then you perform better. You become much more, um, much more productive in the way you do work. So, if you eat a lot of sugar, trust me, I have a sweet tooth, but I learned to control it now, you know, much more before. It impacts as well, like your skin, you know, your, your, you know, your performance, anything else. And you know, I guess if you know, people nowadays want to live, you know, people want to live younger mm. and, uh, and want to have a healthier life, and you know how much cancer comes from, again, from food, you know, from, from food that we choose to eat. I'm very self-conscious of, uh, like here, you see, I haven't been to the doctor in ages, only good because I like to sometimes just get my blood tests and so forth like that. Yeah. But otherwise, I haven't been to the doctor in ages just because I pay attention to getting the right you know, nutrition. And it's so important. You, know, you can't be a great entrepreneur if you don't look after yourself, yeah. you know. And your ability to perform well and just be there, you know, at, you know, at the time when your employees need you, your clients need you, relies on you looking after yourself first. Yeah. And um, what, what is your advice to anybody out there listening who you know, needs to start, you know, feels that they want to start improving on their health. Is there any, you know, steps that they can take or anything that they should, you know, start off with doing daily? Yeah. I think probably first advice is um, drink, uh, drinking water is a good start. And also I like to use apps as well, you know, health ha- apps to help you monitor okay. what you can do or where you're not getting off track. And I think something like what you can measure and what you track, that's what you can improve. If you don't track, if you want to lose weight but you don't track, your 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 food, yeah. your food, uh, you know what you eat or your weight. That you just you're just guessing it's not yeah. right. Something of your money. You need to track what you want to improve. So start by tracking. Do bit of tracking, not too much, but step by step. So changing habits. Like so, people say, oh, I want to start exercising. For me, exercise regularly. But don't say five times a week. Start one time. You know, once a week. Then you add twice a week, and then three times a week, yeah. and whatever works for you. But start building building small habits that you can maintain. Because I think sometimes when people try to do changes, they go and your brain is overwhelmed but if you do small bits like something when you want to work on a project you know try to divide it um divide into small steps uh, one advice i was given i really like that is try to do take a task that t- doesn't take more than 20 minutes so, i don't know if you heard about the tomato uh timer no what's that it's, a, it's another app that allows you to just monitor you don't do tasks more than 20 minutes and then you take a break okay. 20 minutes and then you take a break i don't do it all the time but sometimes it's good <laughs> to have that I mean, I like to actually perform much faster, a bit follow based on as well, Tim Ferriss and the four-hour week. Oh, yeah. The ability to Very just well. you know, okay. work fast. But yes, yeah, so track, if you want to improve things, start tracking what you do right now and see what is wrong and then start implementing small changes one at a time, but not too many because otherwise, again, your brain will be like, forget that, it's yeah. too much. No, it's true. Sometimes, you know, you take on too much too soon, yeah. do great for a week, next group week, it's like, nah. Yes. <laughs> and I think something that's really good is find somebody who can hold you accountable. You know, okay. for example, when it comes to health, like uh, I'm doing a challenge now with my <laughs> commercial director, so we're very competitive, so we're really keeping each other on track. So this app, so every Tuesday, like say, this is where we are. So he's trying to reduce his body mass. I'm trying to also increase my BMI, okay. even though I'm technically healthy, but my BMI is still high. I think it's because of muscle mass and stuff like that. But yes, you need to work with somebody who can hold you accountable. That's also very powerful to get to make sure that you stay on track. Perfect. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Uh, great insight to business in general, yeah. um, you know, branding and marketing, um, yourself and health. Um, we, we now want to go into quick fire round. Really? So it's just, uh, don't worry, it's not scary. <laughs> um, it, it's just, just five questions personalised around, you know, yourself. Yeah. Um, so obviously you like a lot of uh, restaurants following your yes. Insta. What's your, <laughs> what's your favourite London restaurant? The Ned. The Ned, I tell you about the Ned because the Ned was, again, something like when you have an idea, do go for it. Because the Ned when I was... 12 years old was exactly what I wanted to create. So when I went oh. to the net the first time, I was like, oh, I should have done it. So yeah. I love the net. Could have created the net at 12 years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, name one key trend uh, you see uh, growing over the next five years within branding and marketing. Mm, with branding and marketing, 
hopefully new marketing will be good more yeah. people understanding that and again probably the application of experiential marketing okay that's something that i'm really much into it how can you really people can really leave your brand further than that and really growing community so experiential marketing cool and um, at the top of the show we talked about a lot of um big companies you've advised to work with you know, bbc facebook hsbc if there's one client you haven't worked with yet but you want to work with Monzo, who would they be monzo monzo yeah it's definitely okay. on my list i've approached them already don't worry i'm on it <laughs> I'm cheeky um what advice would you give to your 20 year old self uh fear is a liar fear is a liar fear is a liar don't listen to it just do your thing you got this yeah and if there's one business out there who you think have the best marketing and business strategy which you haven't worked with again who who, who are they oh my gosh there's so many i like oh i don't want to give you obvious like apple because obviously everybody knows them yeah everyone knows um Do you know what? Sometimes I look at what who, people who are really good. Uh, uh, I look at this uh, young entrepreneur brand as well. They're really good in terms of connecting with community from from the start, and uh, that's the kind of people that I, I really admire what they're doing because they started with they start with their vision. Uh, they start with the vision and, and suddenly making an impact. So I like a brand. I like brand like Pure, for example, is good. It's obviously not in tech, but I like this kind of brands. And um, brands that like I don't want to give a big brand because I think they already have they obviously have working on a different budget, but um, I like again I can mention one of the clients that I like I like Kings as well Kings Gym which is not tech but uh, yes yeah, but like, like but I like how the younger brands have started with in, with really engaging their community from the start and driving them to create great products people actually want. Brilliant, mm. that's fantastic. Um, where can our audience find you? Everywhere, <laughs> literally everywhere. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, Flavilla Fongeng. I mean, it's easy. There's only one that's me. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram if you want to see the cheeky side of me. You can find me on YouTube. Whatever. Yeah. I do a lot of video training. Yeah. A lot of short video called Vinsight. Like you as well, I have a, a podcast, Tech Brand Talk. And obviously, if they want, they can always message us on you know that information on our website. Brilliant, that's fantastic. Um, remember to comment on our uh, podcast as well, like, share, give us your feedback and engage. And yeah, uh, um, great uh, podcast with yourself, Lavilla. Look you. forward to the next one. <laughs>